Brown calculus. Oh, my bad. I, oh, yeah. I was trying to count <laughs> it down. Count. I didn't know it was, you know that's I was going three. In. He went to five. <laughs> three. <laughs> Brown calculus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we, don't, uh, we don't have to do this. Yeah, let's do it like after. One, yeah. two, three. Brown calculus. <laughs> so like a... On the so the four is like a silent. Right, I was like, now we're doing it. This is like- the whole podcast is just gonna be this. <laughs> Welcome to Sketches with Songs. I'm Al. Today, Brown, Brown Calculus shares. UFO days. <laughs> UFO days. UFO days. UFO days. U- UFO, UFO days. days. Hi, hi. Thanks for doing this. Yo, 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 yo. Yeah. We're already, we're already rocking. My earliest memory of hearing brown calculus was sitting behind the heavy vegetables vegan food table, ready to give lasagna or shepherd's pie to the attendees of Homey Fest in the summer of 2017. The sun had gone down and people had timed their substances to give the light show its full effect, so most of the crowd was transfixed in front of the stage, down a hill, just out of sight. The bands were changing up and the emptiness of the food court gave me that feeling of loneliness you can only feel in crowds. And then the pause gave way to an enveloping bass, beats that glitch, twitchy keys, and a voice that slings word rainbows. It's kind of just always been me mm-hmm. ever since I was a little kid. I think because I was so different from the people around me that I was like, well, I got to be really solid in what I like, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I don't have any other friends who are into it, so <laughs> I got to be my own friend. <laughs> like, we've created our own genre, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> The first time I heard Vaughn perform to the music like I had created, it just felt like it fit immediately. Like it was like a like complete. Of all the beats that I've been making, like these are the ones that she chose, and that's like crazy. Like the one with the squeaks. Yeah, (laughs) it's like the like the time that no one can follow. Right, that no one can dance to. But I'm like, oh, we. You show them how to dance to. Oh yeah, no, I do. The way in which I know that I can have an impact on other people, just from experience of observing it, is showing people that I'm comfortable in my own skin. Mm. It's like I found a gift that I can share with other people. And I've become so comfortable on stage at this point that I'm just like, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just having a regular conversation with the crowd. Like, you know, like things get too (laughs) casual sometimes. Brown Calculus started, I would send beats to Vaughn, and I was always surprised because she would choose the, like, (laughs) hardest, craziest, (laughs) like, you know, it was, like, always the last one I would expect. Yeah. And then she comes up with this really intricate (laughs) melody and, like, this complex, like, phrasing that she hits perfectly with all these, like, rhythms that she's, like, on top of, you know, and it just, like... It just blew my mind. It always, it still does blow my mind. And it, in her choosing those songs and having like the like fortitude to be like, yeah, this is what I want to write to. 
I'm like, that's what you want to oh. <laughs> Well, I can make weird stuff. Right. Like, I'll do more of that so kind saying, of stuff. He's, so he's it, the weird I always needed. <laughs> so it just kind of, like, ended up, like, pushing me more in that direction of, like, okay, well, we can go out and be that, like, avant-garde, like, different yes, thing. Like, yes. because that wasn't ultimately what I had envisioned, you know? And um, Here we are. <laughs> exactly. So it, it was a very, like, mutual evolution. He makes me feel like everything I want to try out is great. Yeah, nice. And so I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> it's like the, you know, like an improv comedy, like, yes and. Yes, yes, Yeah, like yes. try to push it to the next level. <laughs> yeah. Like, totally. oh, so you want to get weird with that? <laughs> yeah. We can do All this right. and then take that even weirder, like. I'm always like, he's going to think I'm annoying. But no, then he adds, like, some, like, filter on it, you know. <laughs> Rocking to a beat that's not there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just running gl- glitch pedals, like four different yeah. glitch pedals, you know, just like, at the same beat. time. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just played like one note. It really changed, I think, when we prepared to uh, perform for the Sun Ra exhibit. Mm-hmm. This was at the Portland Art Museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that experience was sort of what helped me to shift my mentality about improvisation and sort of the writing process I think I just felt the shift like it was just when we started jamming more in a way that was kind of like we don't have necessarily a skeleton of this we're just gonna start and we're just gonna see where it takes us Mm -hmm. and then follow ourselves and then build something and then we can go back and we can listen to it and we can work on it and we can get new ideas or that could just be its own thing yeah and it also depends so much on sort of the physical properties of the universe around us. When you think about acoustics and the way sound moves and the things it vibrates off of and the way people receive things and how we're so, like, moody and, you know, emotional and right. how, like, a truck going by could create a frequency that harmonizes with the thing that you're, you know, yeah. hearing for the first time or whatever. All these various things, like, you really can't experience the same thing twice, you know, right. when you're uh, with music. Even if we only put out a third or whatever, nothing out of the stuff that we've recorded from improvising, it's helped us to channel an approach and to that skill set so that we mm-hmm. could sort of go up in front of a crowd and do that, you know, and it would work. You see all these great artists now that are just in their lane doing their thing, you know, it's like, we don't have to be pop stars, you know, like, I don't, I I just want to be able to support my family and my community and just do what I want to do. Right. um, Kind of like focusing on having enough versus accumulating as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of self-doubt as as far as, like... And it was based in just sort of this nature of, like, thinking of it as, like, a selfish act. Who am I to think that, like, I don't have to go out and get a job, (laughs) you know, and be doing something that I don't like, which is such a, like, brainwashed idea to get to that place anyway, first of all. But second of all, like, just the way that I've come to my spirituality has given me a lot of strength in some of those practices that enable me to create. I know how it feels to be alone. I know how it feels to be an outsider. Mm. And everything that I do, very public facing, is me expressing 
love and love for myself first. You start to feel more of that connection and that like validity of like, oh man, this whole community, like these people are still here. They like, they lo- we love each other and we, and we have this communication, this understanding and they feel us. And I know that like, we're putting our genuine selves into this and it's not like they're feeling something that I'm selling, you know? Yeah. It's something that is actually like, and so when I see people receiving that in a positive way, it's like, wow, like, I can do this. I'm, yeah. I'm great. Even just that statement, like, oh, I am great. Oh, he's cocky. He's conceited, whatever. <laughs> da, da, da. It's like, no, like, we're, we're all great. You, exactly. You're brainwashed if you think that that's like a conceited, cocky thing to say, honestly, because it's like, you're great, too. Like, we're all great. There's no confines to that. Abundance mindset, gonna save my behind. 